0: Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf in this week's episode, which is the first episode of season two, if I'm going to call it that, I think, which is all about the books I read in January. So keep listening to find out what I read last month. Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf, a podcast where I do the reading so you don't have to. For the past four years I've been telling you each week about the three big ideas from the best non-fiction books that I've been reading and doing the reading so you don't have to, but for 2023 with a little bit of a change of tact and a change of style just as a bit of an experiment I'm going to be telling you about the books that I read over the last month and what I thought of them and maybe which ones I would recommend you to read too. And this is the first episode of that. So it feels a bit like, it feels a bit weird. I've had to retake those, uh, that intro many more times than I normally would because it's it's all new and it's a little bit of a different format and layout without being kind of too different at the same time. So this is this is it. This is the new format for, for certainly for the next, maybe the next year. That's kind of what I'm planning is for 2023 is for the episodes to look a little bit like this, where each month I tell you about what I've been reading, what score I've given it, what kind of things I've been reading and thinking about this month. And yeah, hopefully giving you some recommendations that you might want to pick up and put in your ears or your eyes or your brain in some way shape or form however you prefer to do your reading all right let's get into it so this month January I often have quite a big reading month in January and this was no different I read five books two audiobooks three book books uh, which were actually split between physical books and e-books and yeah I've been enjoying just kind of opening up some different books getting into some different things yeah, I had a quite a kind of relaxed start to the year so using that time to do some different reading or some reading uh, and I'll also tell you I'll tell you in a moment or towards the end of this episode what I'm currently reading as well which is a little bit of a different book and getting into a bigger book as well which as you know if you've been listening for a while is something I've been wanting to do a little bit more of and read some chunkier books so we'll get to that at the end. Now if like me you don't like surprises you can head into the show notes and see which books I'm about to talk about the five books I read in January if you want to have a look at that in advance and whilst you're there in the show notes you might want to also sign up for the bookmark newsletter where every month I give you some tips and recommendations on what to read what to listen to and some of the stuff that I just can't fit in here which often includes some like tech recommendations something I've watched on Netflix and podcasts and of course some good reading material too. I have actually got a, this is episode 199, which is pretty exciting. Uh, I'm going to do a little special edition for episode 200, which will come out between now and the beginning of next month. So these episodes come out on the first Tuesday of every month uh, and the special 200 episode will come out in the next couple of weeks. So listen out or look, keep your eyes peeled for more on that one. All right, let's get into this month's books. So five books I read in January. The first one, I'm going to do them in chronological order of what I read first. And the first one I read, or the first one I started actually, which was an audiobook. it's called And Away by Bob Mortimer. I gave this one four and a half stars. So it started pretty strong, started pretty strong for January. So Bob Mortimer, if you aren't aware of him, if you're a Brit like me, you hopefully will be aware of Bob. And if you're my kind of age, so kind of like mid-30s-ish or maybe slightly older or maybe slightly younger, you'll know Bob, maybe you also know Bob most fondly from Shooting Stars, which was what he did with Vic Reeves for a number of years and that was a kind of a bit of a cult kind of panel show kind of tv show thing very fun very silly so Bob Mortimer this is his autobiography or his kind uh, of his memoir and it's about his his life story as memoirs tend to be it's really good and if you've gotten a, a bit of a affiliation with Bob anyway and you, you really like his his work and you kind of grew up watching him and laughing at him then of course this is gonna maybe be a little bit more interesting to you but it's a, and it also just an amazing story being in the right place at the right time. So Bob, for a number of years, was working as a solicitor. Didn't really enjoy it. And one day, after being dumped by a girlfriend... He went out with some friends, which is not something he really liked doing. He wasn't a really big fan of you know kind of big nights out or going out that much, to, to be honest. And he went out to the pub with some friends and saw this this guy performing who was who was performing under the name Vic Reeves. And basically, the rest is history. He basically went from sitting at the front of the pub to. Being on stage with Vic Reeves, and then they went on to do this amazing stuff together, uh, multiple different things together, not just Shooting Stars. They did many, many other TV shows and series and sketches and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's um, it's this yes, this this amazing story of someone who wasn't into kind of comedy or wasn't kind of do, growing an acting career or anything like that. Just literally was doing his nine to five, clocking in and out, being a solicitor, a solicitor, and yeah, ended up kind of falling into this this world of of comedy which is pretty cool because he's pretty good at it as well. So it's a really fun read or listen. And when you listen to the audiobook, it is him narrating it, which is extra fun. It's reflective and it's sweet, but not too kind of over the top. Woe is me. He had some pretty hard things happen to him growing up. So his dad died in a car accident when he was about seven years old. Uh, and that definitely had an effect on him and his relationship with his mom and, and some of the other kind of relationships around him as well. I think the thing I liked about it is that he doesn't really overanalyze it too much either. He talks about the, some of the the effects that he noticed of things that happened afterwards and maybe some decisions he made or some preferences he had and stuff of the way he kind of he he worked but he kind of doesn't overanalyze it and clearly didn't sort of spend a lot of time dwelling on those things too much and just went okay well this is this is how it is so kind of carried on with his life which is probably quite telling of his generation and particularly as a a man growing up in sort of 60s 70s etc. The other thing it is a really sort of just sweet story of is male friendship. The various friendships he's got in, in that he talks about in the book. It's just, I don't know, I just don't think we see or hear enough of that. These kind of really close stories of male friendship. And yes, like the stories of female friendship are amazing and resonate a lot for me. But I think we need more stories of male friendship as well, because I think there's just a little bit of that missing sometimes. And I know a lot of men do find it harder to make and maintain friendships. I thought that was pretty sweet too. Alright, that's book number one, And Away by Bob Mortimer. I gave that four and a half stars. Book number two was a book I rattled through in about one sitting because of the, the type of book it is, and that is Pocket Full of Dough by Chris Doe. And I gave this one three stars. Number one, this book is beautifully designed. It got bonus points for its design. It's a great example of book design that's a little bit more interesting. It's just yeah, it's colourful, it's vibrant, it's t- It has all sorts of brilliant typography and Rizzo effects and things like that. And the neon colours, great. Really, really liked the style of it. I think it's a reference for interesting, interestingly designed non-fiction books. Top marks for that. In terms of the content, look, there's some good nuggets of advice in there, but largely it's quotes from other people. Yes, Chris does sort of add some colour and things, pun intended, and details around some of those quotes. But I don't know, it's kind of feels like a bit of a curation book. I bought this book also at a conference that Christo was speaking at which is possibly the most expensive place to buy a book by someone and uh, I don't necessarily feel like I really got great value for money in my head I'm kind of like okay it was a great reference book in terms of book design so I like that it's good also for a pop of inspiration. Like I said, the information in there, or the, the wisdom in there is, is good. It's pretty solid, but it doesn't feel particularly novel or new. And if you've, again, if you've read quite a bit in this kind of nonfiction marketing business kind of field, there's probably nothing in there. You're going to be like, oh wow, I've never heard that before. Now there might be something in there. You're like, oh, I've never heard it in that way. And that resonates for me, but it yeah, didn't really blow my mind in that, in that way. However, the one thing I did take from that book, which I will be forever grateful for, was there was a reference in there to this guy who runs a brand called Johnny's Cupcakes, which I'm now obsessed with. So maybe, you know, maybe it was worth it for that, because I'm now a big Johnny's Cupcakes fan, and I'm grateful for that. All right, that's book number two, which is Pocket Full of Dough by Chris Doe, and I gave that three stars. Book number three was another audiobook. This was a bit of a longer one. This was Taste by Stanley Tucci. Now you might recognise the name Stanley Tucci. He is a very famous Hollywood actor, American from New York, but with Italian heritage. Oh, and by the way, I gave this book four and a half stars. Another another great audiobook. The audiobook is narrated by him as well, which, especially being an actor, is something I really enjoyed because he performs the book in a very very engaging way. The book is charming, it's funny, it's dry, and I'm not sure if Stanley naturally has a more dry kind of sense of humor and style, or if that's now because he is married to a British woman, maybe that is, is part of the reason as well. I heard Stanley Tucci talking on one of my other favorite podcasts, which is called Off Menu with James Acaster and Ed Gamble, and he was talking about food on there, and it's, it's a food podcast, and I really enjoyed his style, and I'd had this book on my wish list for a while, and I thought, right, now I'm definitely going gonna, definitely gonna to read this or listen to it. The interesting format decision they've made on this one is that it's very much a a memoir. So it's kind of chronological, but jumps around a bit. But it's interspersed with recipes that were important at that time or came from that person he was talking about or was something he cooked when he lived in this particular place or when he visited this place or was working in a certain country so these these aren't quite as fun to listen to like as someone who cooks I did kind of enjoy hearing the recipes because oh yeah okay I could kind of see myself making that or whatever but obviously given the format of it being in a Audiobook. you're just like oh well. I'm not going to write this down like can I get these somewhere I didn't see that there was a pdf I may just have missed it that had the recipes which yeah it's just a bit of a it's a formatting thing more than anything or a medium thing but that said it's kind of interesting to listen to him talking about food and there's a little bit about acting in there but really not much it really is about food and life and relationships and what food has meant to him through his whole life through actually before he was born even in his in his parents and grandparents life particularly the the generation that moved from Italy to New York or to the US more more generally and what food was for them as as immigrants to a new immigrants to a country where they were trying to settle in and didn't speak the language etc so yeah it's a really beautiful book it's, very, it's quite funny as well. It's quite sad in places, and particularly when Stanley is talking about his late wife, Kate, who died of cancer, but some of the stories they had around food and bringing that into their own home with their children as well. So really good. I really enjoyed it. If you're a fan of Stanley, I recommend listening to the book. And it's called Taste by Stanley Tucci. And I gave that four and a half stars. Book number four, a bit more on on brand for what I like to talk about and read about. This one's called How the Future Works by Helen Kupp, Sheila Subramaniam and Brian Elliott. And this is, comes out of the Future Forum, which is a, I suppose, an amalgamation or a joint project from a few different organizations, including Atlassian, Slack and uh, a number of others as well. And I gave this book three and a half stars. So there's a, this book is very much about the future of work and how to work in a more remote or flexible or hybrid kind of way. And there's some really good examples of organizations or teams who share their ways of working and their practices and the principles they're working to and full of really, really good advice. There's some good stuff in there. I just thought oh, if everyone did that, this one thing or these one or two little things, we'd be having a very different conversation about work and the world of work right now. Some of it though, I felt like as a book in this format, felt a little bit repetitive and turns a little bit basic for where we are right now. Maybe that's because I'm immersed in this kind of world and it's something I think about and talk to people about a lot. So you might ignore that, that piece of review completely. I just also felt like the repetitiveness meant it definitely felt like one of those books. I was like, hmm, this probably would have been better as like a playbook or a really practical kind of guide or series of guides that people could pick up and use immediately rather than having to read a book. I just wonder if that was really the best format for this this type of information because I just wonder if the people who need it the most are going to be the ones likely or most likely to pick up a book a book book and read to this level of detail about it that said that you know the future former do they do share quite a lot of other resources and things in it as well so maybe this is just like a supplement for the people who read the book uh, if you're totally starting from scratch from this then this would be a really good starting point if you especially if you are a book reader and starting to think about okay How do I completely rethink how work is done? What is the actual data saying about some of these, the trends and things that are happening? And they reference their own research as well, which is something I really enjoy from the Future Forum. They put out every, probably a couple of times a year, put out some really good stats and surveys and things and the results of those are some really good insights too. So it's a good summary of those as well. And rather than having to necessarily go through and filter through the last couple of years worth of their survey data, et cetera. So that's why I got a solid three and a half stars, which is How the Future Works by Helen Cup, Sheila Subramaniam and Brian Elliott. Final book, number five of January's Reads, was $100 Million Offers by Alex Homozi, which gave three stars. This was a recommendation to me, so I took it very seriously because it came from someone whose recommendations I trust a lot and didn't really let me down, but there was there was a reason it has three stars, which I'll talk about in a moment. So, first of all, I really like the fact that it's really short and Alex is very upfront in saying he, he really doesn't want this book to be full of fluff. He wants it to be practical and for people to use it, pick it up, actually read it, and actually do something about it, which I very much appreciated because, as you know, it does annoy me when books are full of fluff to fill a word count. And I think because he's kind of essentially, I suppose, self-publishing this, that he can do that. So he's not held to ransom by a particular publisher or word counts and all those sort of things. That said, the book is full of spelling and grammar mistakes, and it drove me up the wall <laughs> trying to read it. Uh, that said, on the on the other side, other side of that, it is only ninety nine pence or cents. So when I bought it, I bought it on the UK Amazon store because that's where my Kindle is still registered to, and it was yeah, it's ninety nine p. Uh, I think in the in the Australian Amazon store, it's ninety nine cents if you get it on ebook. But that said, so yeah, I like the kind of philosophy of it. I like that it is short and punchy, et cetera. The other thing it does is, and it's very much around how to structure offers. And it does have lots of really good creative ideas around packaging your offers of your business, particularly for B2C. And I think if you're a B2B business, as I am, I was like, oh yeah, I can see that. That's really cool. And I can definitely see if I was running a B2C business, I can see how I would use these things or how that's really interesting could I think have gone a little bit further into and this is how you apply this for B2B because I'm sure I'm not the only B2B person reading the book the other thing which sort of took some points away from me was just some of the eye-rolling stuff it just felt a little bit dated it's not an it's not an old book at all it's pretty new but I just had my I just had my eyes rolling back in my head there's lots of kind of just kind of start little things like, you know, a good salesman knows blah, blah, blah. I'm like, come on. It's like 2023, it's probably 2022 when it came out. But a good salesman, really? I don't know. Just stuff like that. I'm just like, uh. and the other thing that made me just a bit suspicious is that there are way too many five star reviews of this book for me to feel like that is legit. Like I'm like, this guy is clearly a salesperson. Like he's clearly right at this marketing biz, which is why he is as financially successful as he is. I don't know, those, all those five-star reviews look a bit sus to me. So I don't know, that's the other thing that kind of put me off anything that with that many five-star reviews. I'm like, well, what's going on here? Anyway, that said, there was definitely some like really good ideas that I took away. I was like, wow, I hadn't even thought of doing that in that way or I hadn't thought about... Flipping the approach to some of the ways you might package some deals or put some, some boundaries or some different language around your sales models and sales and pricing and things, which, you know, you could definitely use in B2B or B2C and ones that I definitely have have taken some notes on to, to apply as well. And look, if that's the sort of thing that you do one or two of those things and make, and it makes a difference in your business, then I think that's it's definitely worth a read. And it's short enough that if you only do take a few things away, you're not going to have sunk 12 hours into reading it to find one or two things. It's probably a three or four hour read max. And then you could go and apply some of it. And I think that's a pretty good, pretty good trade off and a pretty good ratio. So $100 million offers by Alex Hormozzi, three stars from me. So we go. That's what I have read in January. A couple of books I've got on the boil at the moment. So I've just been reading or rereading actually on Audible. So listening to, uh, which I have read in book form previously, but I'm now listening to The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday, which I'm really enjoying rereading because uh, it's been a while since I read the book initially which is a book about stoicism. So more on that next time. And then the other big book I've just got into in the last week or so is Empire of Pain by Patrick Radden Keefe, who's an investigative journalist who I really admire and really like his work. And this is his book investigating or looking into the Sackler family, who seem to be a bit of a source of the opioid epidemic that is happening in the US at the moment. Really enjoying that one as well. Quite a different style of book too. And it's big, chunky, kind of 550 pager, which I'm enjoying kind of plodding my way through. All right, there we go. That's, uh, so that's January one down, 11 to go. Let me know what you're reading at the moment. You can get in touch using all of the usual places on Instagram or on LinkedIn at Steph's Biz Bookshelf on Instagram and Steph Clark, Steph with a PH, Clark with an E on LinkedIn. There are links at the bottom of the show notes. Drop me a note, say hi, let me know what you're reading at the moment and don't forget bookmark newsletter, sign up for that link in the show notes. That'll be coming out next week but otherwise until next time, happy reading.